going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous monday september 11th 2023 as always i am your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood michael we're gonna have a lot of fun we are. Um, I appreciate you coming over this weekend, help me get moved into the new studio here. Um, so we are, I am fired up and ready to go. You'll probably see a few tweaks going on behind me, but we'll dial it in guys for you, the viewer, but we have an absolutely banger of a show lined up. Did not stop Stu um, from going absolutely crazy this week. He also held down the fourth the last two days. So we got an absolutely wild one and a big one lined up. First up, why Saudi Arabia and Russia are continuing with oil production cuts. Probably the biggest news last week caused oil to go absolutely crazy. We will cover everything Saudi Arabia, OPEC, and production cuts. We'll then kick it over. Biden does also something fairly crazy. He cancels those previously issued Anwar oil and gas leases. That's up in Alaska. So remember that Willow Project? Uh, no more now. So we'll cover, you know, talk about the energy and oil and gas crisis too large stories coming to move prices, which really, in my opinion, was the biggest story of last week as we sit here over $87, even seeing $88. Um, We did also have some interesting abroad stories. Western sanctions begin to start failing as the EU begins to import more Russian gas and China continues to beat the US in the tech war. As always, Stu keeps it scary. And then we'll come back home. Three members of the Louisiana Public Service Commission punt on protecting our power grid from foreign threats. ERCOT goes ahead here in Texas, moves out of emergency operations, thank goodness, still asks for conservation. Not in this apartment, I will tell you that much. And then finally, quickly, Dutch police use water cannon to detain 2,400 climate activists. Looks like a summer backyard party. A great cover photo. Unfortunately, I won't be able to unsee it. And then Stu will kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover what's going on in the finance uh, realm. Again, we saw oil above $87. I'll kind of break that down from a few different vantage points. And then finally, we saw last Last week while I was on leave here, um, Magnolia Oil and Gas goes ahead and acquires Giddings Oil and Gas, which is about 5,000 BOE per day. So we'll kind of break what that uh, means in context to a lot of different stuff. And then we'll let you get guys get out of here and get back to work on this Monday. Before we do all that, guys, as always, the stories and analysis you are about to hear are brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Stu and the team does a great job of curating that site to make sure it's up to speed in real time with everything you need to know to stay up to speed on the energy business. Um, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, you can interact and subscribe on YouTube at Energy Newsbeats. That's one of the best ways to support the show. So we appreciate everybody who's gone and subscribed. And if you haven't, go do that. Now you can interact with the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. You can check out our new data product dashboard dot energynewsbeat.com. It's kind of our data news combo and which we're trying to push hard. Team is hard at work at V2. So we appreciate all the support there. But I'm our breath though, Stu. We got an absolutely banger show. Where do we want to begin? Hey, let's start with Saudi Arabia and Russia. You know, with, I'm even do it without having an imitation of Putin today. So I know you'll be thrilled by that. Hey, okay. Hey. okay. So here we here we are. Why are Saudi Arabia and Russia continuing with oil production cuts? Michael, let's set the stage for a little bit of what just happened last week. Last week there was a continuation of the cuts extenuations last week from OPEC and OPEC Plus, despite, let's see, $1 million for Saudi Arabia through the end of 2023. 
barrel per day, 1 million barrel per day cuts through the end of the year. Moscow is doing 300,000 barrels per day through the end of the year. Both said last week, those are going to be reviewed every month. And it, both of them in that article last week were a slap to Biden. So it was kind of like all of a sudden, wait a minute. Now there's an analysis coming out of Riyadh saying that there may be an underlying current, Michael, for continuing the reviewing. And we're going to get more information on that as we get rolling along. You mean the rev- the revision downward? Yes. They, it, this is all dependent on whether or not Biden toes the line. And if they are now trying to hit him in the head, there's more to this story coming out. So you think this is all political? This is not a just pure financial move in order to strengthen what may or may not be a possible IPO of Saudi Aramco? as we've discussed on the show at Aussie. Absolutely. Is what, $50 billion in that new IPO or whatever? Yes. The break is. their old record. No, be, yeah, break their old record of 25.9. Right. And here's, here's why that they're still going to keep that up. This is more of an affront to Biden because Biden is now, let's take a look at what came out. Janet Yellen, three or four, when she started uh, last year to do the SPR, Michael, she went to China and asked China, can we rip all of this oil out of the SPR? They have no more oil out of the SPR to help reduce the prices. Well, guess what's happening? This is a punishment because now Biden's in a pickle. He can't replenish the SPR. He has no arrows to do before Uh, The next election. Here's the next squirrel on this analysis, Michael. This we just had Russia is now reducing all of their refined products coming out of diesel. The EU and the Northeast are going to get hurt by diesel. All of this is back to Putin being mad at the U.S. All interesting. It's it's really interesting and it, it it's fascinating to me that on two levels you can make a decision. I mean, it's it's the classic two birds, one stone, because I think you're I think we're both right on both accounts. I think your analysis is correct that um you know Saudi Arabia is probably trying to is not necessarily pumped with the Biden administration for for a variety of reasons. They probably want Trump back in office for a, a variety of reasons. But I also think there's definite some financial gains. I mean, $100 Brent oil makes an IPO of Saudi Aramco pretty attractive. So I think it's it's a case of both. They shelled out a lot of money in their Saudi investment funds, um, both on the soccer front. We've seen what they've done with the Live Golf merger, PGA. So if they ever have time, they need cash. It's now and they see an opportunity to both hurt the Biden administration and make more money. It's as Michael Scott would say, win, win, win. Not for the U.S., though. Who gets hurt? You, the consumer, because gas prices are going up, up, up. And it's going to go up. Michael, let me throw this financial piece at you. I want to ask your opinion on this. Uh, We have $7.6 trillion in interest-bearing U.S. uh, public debt will mature within a year. Don't you think Saudi is looking at that, knowing that we are going to be in financial squirrel fest coming up? Do you think that has anything to play with it? I personally think it does. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think I, I think they're 
you know, what, what's interesting is, and, and I, when I was talking with, with somebody about this, this um, late last week is people always, you know, MBS should love in an ideal world, the Saudis should love a democratic regime because a democratic regime over the last 30 years has produced the largest spikes in oil prices and probably the majority of the oil wealth that's existed. I mean, think about what oil was during the Bush administration, what oil was during the Trump administration. Oil was so low, Trump had to fly to West Texas to go on a rig to try to say that he supported the oil and gas business. There was like three rigs running at $20 oil. So yes, love me some Trump. Don't get me wrong, but they're not great for oil prices. So that, there's that squirrel that goes into it is that normally you would think a you know, a you know, a Saudi regime would love a democratic president, if only because the sentiment around a democratic leadership is we're going to need less oil and AKA prices go up. So it's very right. interesting on one hand where you would you, you like the democratic administration if you're overseas or if you're in the Saudi government. And then you also don't for other reasons, because probably what Biden is doing that is causing MBS to not like him has it has nothing to do with oil and probably everything to do with a lot of what's going on, probably behind the scenes, black ops, all that stuff that I don't even want to get into. Nope. Neither do I. But you see what I mean? It's just it's interesting. Absolutely. I, and one of the things, Michael, that we always that people are asking me about the advantage of it, Energy Newsbeat is I look at all types of energy yep. articles. And there's a lot of back players behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And if you read one article, that's not the whole story. You got to read about 30. You, you have to. All right. Let's move up to Alaska. This is, oh. I, I think, another crazy oil story that I think blends into why prices, we saw a dramatic spike in prices this week. Now, Michael, I want to ask you this one after we're, let me go ahead and get started on this. Biden cancels previously issued uh, Anwar oil and gas leases in Alaska. If I had a chicken, this chaps it. And it would be 24 hours he announced he was canceling all previously oil uh, and gas leases in Alaska's Anwar. Saudi Arabia and Russia announced oil production limits would continue. Wow. Where's that one? That goes with our previous article. You sit back and kind of go, look, only 24 hours before Joe announced he was canceling all of those, Saudi Arabia and Russia announced they would limit their production. Is there a correlation? No, I think this is a, and I think I flubbed. I don't think this has much to do with the Willow Project. And I think what you're seeing is this cancellation of these Arctic refuse oil and gas leases as oil gets to $100 probably means the Biden administration saw if oil gets to 100 bucks. People are going to want to drill this and we can't allow this to be drilled or else we're going to absolutely get slaughtered by our um, underlings. Remember, he's running for president here and he's got to show his base who there are people much left of him trying to run. And if you're on the Democratic side, you probably think Biden is too far to the right. I mean, that's weird for right. us to think about. But think about some of the stuff that Biden has done. He's actually approved, again, that Willow Project, which he got absolutely slaughtered for doing that. So I think this is a olive branch in the other direction saying, holy smokes, if oil does become $100, there's a good chance this stuff may or may not get developed. It's already been leased. We better go ahead and revoke this before anybody gets too spicy out there. And kind of an, as a olive branch toad as he begins to really enter campaign mode. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this happen going forward as in, you know, he, as we get closer and closer to the election, I think you're going to start seeing him shift farther and farther to the left in order to appeal to everybody in his base. Or so I think, and I think this is step one specifically on energy, but this doesn't do anything to help the supply shortage that 
is suspected to be coming. Again, this is why we're seeing prices so high. So it's a pretty crazy move. Uh, it is. But let me throw this at you. Uh, here's a quote in here. And as the climate crisis warms the Arctic more than twice as far as the rest of the world, we have a responsibility to protect this treasured region for all ages, Biden says. Let me, this is a farce. The East Coast and the, the whole, everybody's buying Russian Arctic natural gas, LNG. And this is a farce. You want to yep. save it. At least we do it uh, ecologically, correct? Ecologically. We got to put that on a t-shirt. We do it ecologically. I'm not sure if that's a word, but I absolutely love it. Put that in Webster's. What's next? Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, This one, uh, Western sanctions are failing. Surprise, EU imports more Russian gas and China beats U.S. in the tech war. There's some interesting points in here. It, it, It really is pointing out the number of countries under the EU, UN, or U.S. trade sanctions since 1960 through 1922. They really started kicking in under Trump. But boy, when Biden got in, it was like they have continued to weaponize it. Let's come into here. Now, what happened under Trump's sanctions, Michael? Nothing the U.S. Really. The US was now revered because he picked his battle. Mm. He did not just go uh, willy nilly out there and start throwing sanctions. He used mm. sanctions and targeted responses. And then if you take a look, China has the world's largest economy when you measure its GDP purchasing power, and Russia has the sixth biggest economy. Those two animals together are pretty crazy. Now, China is advancing technology despite our sanctions. Sanctions don't work. They're going to steal from us no matter what happens, Michael. Well, of course. I mean, they're the the largest purveyor of intellectual property theft in the world. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, and so Bloomberg now put out that the Mate uh, 60 Pro is always Yahweh's first phone to use the most advanced. Huawei? Yahweh. Should we go to Huawei phones? Should Energy Newsbeat go to Huawei phones? I'll go to a Tesla phone. I'm all in. Uh, I, I think Tesla phones would be great. Okay. Um, what do you think? What's that got to do with a Huawei phone? I ain't using it. <laughs> exactly. It, does, <laughs> it doesn't have a CCP <laughs> chip in it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know that the Apple chip is any better than the CCP because I know that the Biden administration. Yeah, I don't know. I would trust. I'm trusting Apple over Huawei. I'll oh, just say it. Oh, I would, too. Let's go to the next one here. Three members of the Louisiana Public Service Commission punt on protecting our power grid from foreign threats. This one is Sweet. real. Uh, yeah, it's Sweet. like, holy. Yeah, nice. nice. We got a real problem here. <laughs> And Michael, uh, you and I both have been laughing. We've been in Texas and uh, boy, ERCOT's just pulling themselves silly trying to protect our grid and keep everybody in line. But uh, last month, the Louisiana Public uh, Service Commissioner, Eric Skirmerta, I I guess is how you pronounce it. How do you butcher a Louisiana name from a guy from Texas? Could could, could be. Skirmerta's Proposal echoed Texas Lone Star Infrastructure Protection Act of 2021, which prohibits Texas business governments from contracting with entities owned or controlled by individuals from China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. This actually came out from a pretty cool group, the Center for Security Policy Org. And uh, this is really interesting from the standpoint I've asked their CEO to come over and visit on the podcast as well, too. 
the discovery of malicious Chinese malware embedded in the deep inside networks of the power grid. This group was just punning. They didn't want to even follow along. There's even evidence that it's all this malware is in our grid and they didn't want to stop it in Louisiana. Foster Kimball's vote no is hardly a surprise. His district is home to Barksdale Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's here. Barksdale Air Force Base is home of the, of the 8th Air Force. If we're allowing China to build our critter for inf- infrastructure, I'm I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know they're listening in on this conversation, but that's a crime and a half to allow a foreign adversarial government to build and implant malware into critical systems. I mean, it's they're getting so far as to just fly balloons over us. They really don't care anymore. No. And and Foster Campbell's vote no is a surprise. Barksdale Air, Air Base is the 8th Air Force. Michael, do you know what the 8th Air Force is? The 8th Air Force is the same Air Force that saved everybody from the Germans. They bombed the snot out of the Germans. Now, my dad was chief of staff of the 8th Air Force. I like Barksdale. Barksdale's cool, but it's a military base under attack from China. Anyway, I got all worked up on it. But let's put more malware in there. Oh, but it's the whole grid, Michael. It's the grid. Speaking of a sweet grid, let's talk about ERCOT. Hey, I put on here, and this is, this is just a real quick story. Really, really quick. Uh, they just finished the, they moved out of the emergency uh, operations center. They were at a level two, I believe it was. What was their level? Uh, emergency, they asked, uh, st- they still asked for um, uh, conservation from everybody. It was the end of the emergency alert two had uh, been issued. Uh, it was the first time since the 2021 storm. So now we can go back to cranking up our ACs. I mean, I never stopped here. I I tur- I dialed it. I dial everything up. You know, fire it all up. I'm I'm, I'm running quick. Well, um, and you should. Uh, you and your dog have the same fur coat. When we sit here and we take a look at ERCOT, uh, why is ERCOT having problems? It's because we have no wind and the solar generation is not working right now. Right now, as of September 10th, at uh, when we're filming this, it is 12,000 uh, megawatts of solar. Uh, excuse me, 10,000 uh, megawatts of solar, 10,000 megawatts of wind, and... 22,000 of natural gas, 5,000 of coal, and 5,000 of nuclear. We'd be dead meat without the fossil fuels. We would. I mean, it's, it's, it's doing, you know, it's doing like exactly over, you know, about more than half of all electrical generation. I mean, solar and wind does have a huge, it does have a large current capacity to produce. Again, the problem is it's variable. And when you look at things like natural gas right. and nuclear on that list, Stu, they're the only things that are baseload energy. I would not build baseload energy, my any building baseload energy on anything but natural gas or nuclear. Now, what I would do was install backup grid generation on my house, maybe buy some solar panels on my roof and have a small that. little backup generator in order to tap into that if, say, I was buying energy on the spot market and want to do not for a given period. I would love me some solar. Here's my here's my reason for not buying solar and putting them on my house. One, I, you're hydro, right? Or you are. Where I am. But no, I still want that backup. Here's the thing. I don't want to put solar panels on my house until they are recyclable. Right now, solar panels last between five, 10 years. They are not 
recyclable, period. Yes. Oh, you can recycle them, but the economics are cheaper to throw them on a boat and send them to Africa. And they just pile them up and they're they're awful. So as soon as that, I don't want to be hypocritical. All right, let's go to our last story here. Oh, by the way, on the uh, Michael, on the Energy Newsbeat top bar menu bar, we've got the link to the ERCOT dashboard so people can uh, just kind of quickly check in every once in a while on that. Yes, yes. Uh, Let's go to the Dutch police use water cannon to detain 24,000 climate activists. I think it looked like a summer backyard party. Now, do you recognize the guy in the front there? Does that look like a Connor on drugs or something? I'm just kidding. But when we go in and we take a look at uh, police deployed water cannons to disperse thousands of climate activists protesting on a highway in the Netherlands to demand an end of government subsidies for the fossil fuel industry. Michael, this really gets me worked up. More than 10,000, but they detained 24,000. Here's why. The protesters are claiming that there is 37.5 billion euros, almost 45 billion in dollars in subsidies in the in the Netherlands going to the shipping industry. That is not subsidies to the fossil fuels. These people are chowderheads, Michael. They are chowder with climate. I wonder if if uh, any of those left-wing folks are paying for this. Michael, we are starting a brand new water cannon ourselves for Energy Newsbeat, okay? I'm holding up our latest water cannon edition, okay? Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, here we go. Boop, 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 boop. The white Energy Newsbeat ENB is going to be available for sale on the, the, the website, for sale. Our water cannons to to put away any objection. On our merch website that doesn't exist. Yes, right. you can buy it. Merch.energynewsbeat.com <laughs> What a bunch of chatterheads. I'm sorry. I get no, worked. Absolutely funny. Um, but it does look like a block party I would like to go to. So next time they have one of these, um, I would love the uh, direction. Stu, you got anything else for us on the news yeah. side? That was all fun. Well, I'll, I'll finish up, guys. As always, I was out um, those last two days. So there's there's a couple of things I want to cover. I mean, mainly the, the, the big news of oil prices last week was we finished the week on a nine-month high on worries about tight supply. I mean, we, on Friday, specifically, we were almost up 1%, but that brought us to about a nine-month high, um, mainly off the back of the two articles we covered at the beginning of this um, show, which was the Saudi Arabian and Russia continuance of their oil cuts and then the Biden cancellation of these Arctic leases. Again, it all comes down to the sentiment around, will there be oil available as prices rise? Remember, more oil and gas reserves get unlocked, the higher oil prices go. Obviously, there's stuff that's deeper, there's stuff you know, uneconomical oil becomes more economical. Trust me, it's part of my day job. I run these numbers every day. You, you, it's a miracle what $5 will do to an oil and gas project, especially if it's on the ropes or not. And and management teams love, oh, well, give me, just give me it on today's price tag. It's not how it works though. So I digress a little bit. My point being, as we creep closer to this $100 number or really 90, if you're talking about WTI, it's going to be interesting to see the projects can, you know, what that rig count does. Cause remember, Stu, we had rig counts um happen last week. And let me pull that up. But rig counts were only up one considering this insane move. Now, again, you usually see about a three-month lag with rig counts. We're currently sitting again 632. That's only up one from last week, but it's down 127 from last year. 
and oil prices were about the same as they are now. That's the funny part, Stu. So to give you an idea, that's the lag on rigs. Now, we obviously, this was coming down, you know, last year around this time, oil over the summer was $100. We saw $120 at one point for oil prices. So obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a lag, but it's going to be interesting to see how rig counts moving forward go. And I think quarter four, quarter one would be my prediction for a lot of these rig service companies when, you know, if you're going to buy, if you're going to start, if you're, we don't give investment advice here, but if you're looking at, you know, allocating some of your portfolio um, away from EMP and into the service companies, because remember, as oil prices go uh, higher, you know, service companies are more sensitive to oil prices. So if you're bullish on oil, one of the best things to do is find a, you know, a pure oil player, you know, get out of Exxon, get out of Chevron, get out of Shell, get into a, you know, a completely independent operator, go heavy on a rig contractor. I mean, there's a, there's a few out there right now, maybe even a frack company. I don't know. Uh, we don't give investment advice here because because we're idiots, um, but it's something I would necessarily take a look at. Um, with this, this happened on Thursday or, or, or I think it was Wednesday, actually. But Magnolia Oil and Gas came out and announced their acquisition of Giddings. I'll kind of read the headline, the, the transaction highlights here. This enhances, you know, gives them about 48,000 net acres. Um, 96% of that is operated with about a 91% working interest. Brings Magnolia's total to over 500,000 acres. High margin production, they claim. Um, this is all, again, Gulf Coast um, pricing. So you get a nice little premium up uh, down there. Um, I've seen that firsthand. It's nice. Um, I wish I had 5,000 barrels a day like Magnolia now does um, on that pricing. Um, one of my favorite words, immediately accretive to key financial metrics. Um, I saw somebody tweet this last week. Um, I forget who it was, but he, he, it was a great tweet. It was like, accretive is the best word of all time. You know, dropped a rig. It's accretive to cash flow. Got a rig? It's accretive to production. You can literally use it in any realm to make anything sound good. So in this case, this acquisition is accretive to key financial metrics. This was valued at uh, 2.9 times estimated 2024 EBITDA, which is actually pretty big considering some of the numbers we've seen in the low twos. This 2.9, do we see a three? I mean, again, as we move up towards this 85, 90, 90 million uh, or $90 oil, these these, these EBITDA numbers are going to go up. Give you an idea, the cash outlay at closing is $260 million, which could also be an additional $40 million based upon future commodity pricing. You know, these are all Eagleford Austin chalk locations and they're kind of folded right in in terms of, you know, it's a really nice development program that Giddings had right that's going on right now that's going to be able to merge closely according to them. So, you know, decent, decent for Magnolia. Again, if oil prices continue to rise, this will be a extremely attractive price that they got it at only 2.9 times that 2024 EBITDA. You know, as we see oil prices creep up, it'd be interesting to see how big those numbers get. Are we going to get back into the threes, back into the fours? Who knows? Somebody will, though. Somebody will make a killing on this, and it will probably be those double eagle guys who have sold out six times. They're working on number seven. Um, I miss anything, Stu. What else should we be worried about? Well, uh, other than our debt coming up, the $7.2 trillion coming due, nothing. <laughs> Ooh. What's that? Seven point two? Is that uh wait, wait credit card debt? What's that? Uh, that's uh government debt. I thought it was like thirty trillion. Uh, I got it right here. It's seven point six trillion of U.S. debt is coming due in the next eight months. Sweet, 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 sweet. Well, that'll be uh, uh, it's it's within the the next year. Right. Open up your checkbooks, baby. Open up your checkbooks. Oh, what's a few trillion? Yeah, who's got it? So, anything else? Do what should people be worried about this week outside of the debt? Uh, no, just buckle up. Uh, the heat wave is broken. We're going to have yes. some weather coming. It was 
I, I don't know if it's going to get, I don't, I, I just, again, I, I, I'm not familiar with Texas summers, but today and yesterday were some of the first days that I wasn't dying outside. So if it could stay like this, I will survive. So with that guys, um, hope you have a great Monday. We appreciate you checking us out. Yeah. You can survive this week. If you've got meetings, I, I know you do. It's okay. Don't bang your head out. You'll be able to get through it. And sooner or later, we'll get you through this week. Um, we will be with you this entire week. I'm the full team to keep you up to speed on everything with the energy business guys, but we'll let you get out of here, get back to work for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow folks.